Hey everyone, Ashley here. I'm just editing the podcast and would you know it, there's breaking news in one of our stories we're telling tonight. So just wanted to let you know to stay tuned till the very end of the episode to hear that news. Okay, bye. rabbit hole happy hour i'm ashley and i'm mallory and you're here with us tonight for a mini episode and mallory and i have already established that there's really nothing new with us (laughs) so we'll save you that awkward moment we saw each other on yeah like less than a week ago yeah only thing new with me is i'm covered in mosquito bites and it's fucking hot and i'm ready for fall yeah um i still want like more plants and stuff because I can't have plants outside. Mm. I mean, inside. So once fall and winter hit, I'm going to be sad about that, but I'm over the heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have a story to tell us tonight, Mallory? I do. I think I'd seen like a headline in the news maybe a month ago or something. And then I never really looked into it. And then I usually, whenever we do the mini episodes, I just like Google like weird news or like yeah. <laughs> strange. <laughs> Just weird stuff. So I thought this was interesting because it's adjacent to or reminds me of things I've heard of that relate to my work as well. So, Mm. um, yeah. So I just have the story of a woman from Arkansas who (laughs) has pleaded not guilty to charges that she stole body parts from a medical school. And sold them through Facebook for $11,000. Wait, I think I saw this headline. (laughs) Really? So this lady is named Candace Chapman Scott. She's 36 years old, a former mortuary services worker. And she's accused of selling 20 boxes of everything from human skin to skulls to a man in Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. Human skin? (laughs) Yes. Like what? Like folded like a sheet or something i guess that's how they i mean when they recover skin for tissue that's what they do is oh like, my god <laughs> <laughs> oh does that like have the fatty part on it still or like what? it depends on the oh thickness they take because they can take um <laughs> different thicknesses <laughs> oh because if it wasn't like that my next guest was going to be like you know like when you get a pedicure and they like scrape oh the my god off your feet. i always have so much skin and it makes me so um ashamed yeah <laughs> yeah they don't ever take skin from the feet for i mean i'm sure there's lots of dead skin there so yeah i guess that's not really necessary. it's usually like the back is like oh, prime area fuck. yeah it's terrible if you i'm sure you won't but if you ever see it done it's horrible why would I ever see it done? I, don't, I know. That's what I'm saying. Have you seen it done? Yes. You saw it done? In a, like training videos and crap, not in real life. Oh my God. Because we don't you, do skin, we do cardiovascular. Can you imagine having to film those training videos? Oh my God. And you're like not even related yeah, you're to not it. Even related to the medical field. Oh. You're just like a video services team. That would be horrifying. Oh. Mm. Oh my God. Thank you for your service. <laughs> But <laughs> oh I'm God. sorry. Anyways, <laughs> so so according to court documents, Candace worked for a company that offered commercial cremation services, and one of their clients was an anatomy lab at the University of Arkansas, and obviously they use donated cadavers for medical research and education. After one of the company's scheduled pickup days, so I guess they use them and then they cremate them afterwards is what's going on. Okay. So, so they like recover something and then they... Yeah. So they the, they use it for their classes and then this company comes and picks up the body to cremate them once they're done with it. So if we're an organ donor, would that happen to us? If you are, if you donate your body to science, if you're an organ donor, no. Okay. How do you donate your body to science? Um, there are companies that allow you to donate your body to science. One of them is called Science Care. We work with them mm. to use parts and training for our partners across the country, too. 
So it's something you have to kind of preemptively think about. You have to know up. about it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So guys, if you you're interested, as far as I know, I don't, I don't know if they approach families. I mean, we approach families for organ and tissue donation, but I don't know if like that company Science Care approaches families or not. Oh, I have no idea. I have no clue. Yeah, you don't really see any marketing for that. Uh uh-uh, uh not at all. Weird. It's like, I mean, I didn't even know about it until I started working there. I mean, not at Science Care, but at my job. Yeah. So it's interesting. Anyway, very interesting. So. After one of her company's scheduled pickup days, she messaged the owner of a Facebook group, which was named, quote-unquote, Oddities. It's a private Facebook group that has, like, a, or at the time, had around 380 members. And it says that it's a, quote-unquote, safe way to shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Candace wrote to the owner, I follow your page and work and love it. Just out of curiosity, would you know anyone in the market for a fully intact embalmed brain? <laughs> Holy <laughs> this moly. Is crazy, I know. <laughs> Candace sent pictures of two brains and a heart. The man she was talking to offered $1,200 via PayPal and gave Candace pointers on how to ship the three organs to him in Enola, Pennsylvania, via the U.S. Postal Service. That is really disturbing that he just, like, kind of has a ballpark number to give yeah. her and knows how to ship. Yes. It's crazy. So, over the course of the next nine months, Candace proceeded to ship the man an ear, an arm, lungs, livers, kidneys, hands, breasts, penises, fetuses, skin... Skulls and one whole human head. That's the worst. Yeah. Aside from the fetuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I want to say, I I'm at a loss <laughs> for words. It's crazy. This and this bitch. Who is this woman? Who's this guy? Well, as far as I know, she does not even own this cremation company. She's just like taking, taking this it. stuff. Yeah. So she's just taking that, setting that aside instead of giving it to the university. Well, the university gave them the bodies oh, to cremate, and I she's see. taking After it before finished. they cremate it. Yeah. Okay, I get it. So she's probably like the cremation tech or something, and she's like the one putting them in there, and she's like, let me take this real quick. Let me just and- cut this arm off. Yes. Let me just take this fetus out. Yes. Let me cut this guy's head off. Right. What the fuck? Isn't that crazy? Dude. Every single mini episode, you come out with something <laughs> crazy. How do you... I love... How <laughs> the hell? I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, my God. So, in total, he paid her $10,975 in 16 separate PayPal transfers. So she would go ahead and cremate the rest of the body and then return it to the school. Um, the ashes? Yeah. Hmm. I think it's probably because the school is the liaison between either yeah. the company that had family sign up for donation and they probably returned it to them or either to the family directly so the indictment her indictment actually does not name the buyer but it was found out that separate state charges connect the case to pennsylvania resident jeremy lee Pauly, age 40 <laughs> so i forgot to show you this is her that's candace you're gonna love jeremy I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> if you've seen the if you've seen the headline, you might recognize him. Okay. I have seen him before. Have you? I yes, I, I have, but oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Can you describe for the audience what you're looking at? Um yes. So this man has half of his face tattooed in like a scaly slash tribal manner. The side of his face that's tattooed has like a contact lens that makes his eyeball black. But his pupil blue. He has spikes pierced into his head like he's Bowser or some shit. Um, <laughs> Bowser. He's like got a picture here where he's like posing like a headshot like for, maybe for his oddities company or something. If you saw this guy on the street, you'd probably run the other way. Yeah. So, yeah. So this guy is, I mean. And I think I've seen him before because I see, like, the watermark for Crime Watch daily. Oh. I follow them yeah. on YouTube, and I might have he just might have been in a thumbnail or something. Probably. The headline might have. See, I just didn't watch it. Yeah. When I saw this headline again, and then I realized this guy was involved, 
I was like, oh, I did see his mugshot somewhere. Because mm-hmm. it happened not that long ago. So, Paulie was charged by a criminal court with four counts of receiving stolen property, intending to participate in unlawful activity, and abusing a corpse. Who was charged with that? Sorry. Uh, Jeremy. Okay. So, those were his charges. So, he... Did he know, like, the circumstances of how she was getting these body parts? Obviously, there's no good way to get those body parts. No. I'm making assumptions here because I don't know exactly. But because they had a private group that listed itself as a safe way to shop, Mm -hmm. I think he probably had an inkling that it was not totally legit. Like, come on. Oh, like Like, a safe way to shop. Like, you're not going to get caught. Right. That's what that's my own assumption. I'm just putting that out there. But it's so easy for you to get like banned and stuff off Facebook. I know and that's say the thing. Any sort of words. Right. Like, how is this happening? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. You'd think like this crap would go down on like the dark web or something, oh, yeah. which I'm sure it probably does, but I don't know. So police were actually tipped off to Jeremy's purchases in June 2022, and in July somebody had reported finding. And it doesn't name who it is. Someone had reported finding human organs and human skin resting in three five-gallon buckets in Jeremy's basement. So somebody saw that and was like, uh... <laughs> oh, my God. Just someone visiting? I, I don't know who it was, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of weird because, I guess I'll go ahead and say, he has a company that is he's like a preservation specialist. Yeah, I was going to I was kind of thinking like, oh, does he do um taxidermy or something or Well, not taxi well, not taxidermy, but it's he does like um have you ever heard of like plastination and like it's like what they do for like the bodies exhibit. I'm going to um show you his website by the way because it's very interesting how this is like his professional website. So and he's ridiculous. Still, it's still up on the internet. <laughs> yes. So here's the homepage. <laughs> Why is it so well designed? I don't know, but that's where I pulled that photo yeah. from. It's like so professional, and he says he's a lead preservation specialist of retired medical specimens and a curator to historic remains and artifacts. He has a museum as well called the Memento Mori, and. Just, uh, I'm sorry. If you don't want to look at that. <laughs> it's okay. It's, I just wanted to point this out because when I was looking at his website when I was doing this, almost every page is like just babies. Oh my God. Like show us some of your other work. Oh my God. It's all fucking fetuses. All of it. There's one spine. Does he think maybe, like, there's a target market for that for people who have lost their babies or something? How could he? That's scary. Like, what would you do with the, What? He's like... That's awful. I know. This is literally, I mean, preserved... Ba- it looks like almost some full-term babies in jars. How is this even allowed? This is a museum website. I don't know what the hell that is. Another fucking baby. It, okay, so you've seen every page now on the mm-hmm. website. 95% of what he has on in his pictures on his website are babies. Oh, my God. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's very weird. I don't know. Oh. Anyway. Have you seen the bodies exhibit? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it when I was in Las Vegas. It's really interesting. It is really interesting. And that's, frankly, the only reason why I wasn't, like, truly disturbed when I saw that because I feel like they had a lot of babies and things like that. There was and a whole, I think, section dedicated to, yeah. like, they had babies at different stages. Which I, when I went and saw the exhibit, I was pregnant, and I actually oh, found really? it very interesting oh, because wow. I was like, oh, this is the stage I'm at. Like, yeah, this is where he'll be at this point. Like, it wasn't, it was presented in a way that was kind of beautiful and not disturbing. Yeah, it wasn't disrespectful or anything. Where his is very disturbing. His, it, it's almost like he's Doing it for a shock factor. Yeah, and to be creepy. And based, and I don't, I'm not trying to make a judgment on the way he looks, but it seems like he kind of probably gets off on that shock factor. Oh, yeah. By having metal spikes out of his head and a freaking black eyeball. 
Which I was wondering when you said contact, I was wondering if he actually got his eyeball tattooed. Oh, you know what? He yeah. probably did. Yeah. This guy's way too hardcore for a contact lens. Yes. <laughs> he got his eyeball tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So at the time that this where I took this part um from the article, it said that his Facebook page was still listing a human hand and a set of full human ribs for sale. So I guess he sells them as well. I don't know why, because it seems like he would, according to his website, only be buying stuff, but. <laughs> so he is the, like the owner of the Facebook group or just a buyer on the Facebook group? I'm not sure. The way I'm seeing it is that he probably started this Facebook group He's buying these things from this woman to sell to people on that group. Oh, maybe. That's how I yeah, was yeah. taking it. Okay. That could be. But then keeping things for his own, like, museum or... Right. Whatever. Yeah, because what other purpose would he have to sell? I mean, like, who is he going to sell to? Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. It's weird. It's really weird. The a spokesperson for the University of Arkansas Medical School had made a statement that the school is appalled that anyone would desecrate medical donations for their own gain and saying that human bodies are an indispensable aid in the edu- education of medical students and they're extremely respectful of their donors when they're in their care. I guess they were trying to say, we're not fucking involved in this. Oh, man. <laughs> So, and they even actually, it says that they hold a ceremony for the medical students to honor the deceased donors who help supplement their education, which is kind of cool. I love that. There's a group that we work with, as far as I know, it's the only one that does it, which is kind of sad, but for tissue donors only. Or, organ donation, you usually see like the nurses and doctors of the hospital will like gather in the hallway as they're taking them to the OR and like just kind of have like a procession yeah. for them. But for tissue donors, nobody really does that because they just go and, I mean, nobody's, they're not in a hospital. It's just a recovery suite, like they're building type of thing. But the University of Miami Tissue Bank does every time before they recover a donor, they, I don't know if they just have like a moment of silence or something. That's amazing. Yeah. It doesn't take much. Just do something like. It's a person, dude. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, it says, yeah, they do actually partner with the local cemeteries to house the ashes or return them to the family. So that's why I guess Candace was sending the ashes back to them. Mm -hmm. So the FBI is trying to, or they were trying to identify which cadavers were impacted, but it is more complicated than like, say, a regular murder case where you don't preserve the body because the embalming process affects the DNA. So oh. these cadavers were embal- embalmed in order to stay, you know, yeah. in good shape for training. And so now I guess embalming destroys that to some extent and they're having trouble identifying who these parts came from. Oh man. So ugh. what a horrifying thing to find out if you're a family member. Oh my God. Yeah. For like real. your family member's head is just in some guy's basement? Yes! Oh my god. Ugh. That's horrible. So yeah, the school and the cremation company, Sands Candace, knew nothing about Candace doing this until they were contacted by the FBI last summer. And obviously, Candace was fired immediately <laughs> when they did find out. And hopefully arrested. <laughs> she was arrested, and this is where everything disappears off the internet. I had seen that she had a bail hearing, but I have no idea what happened, and I had seen that she had a trial that was supposed to begin on May 30th. No trace of it. I have no clue what happened. I have I didn't see that it began or anything. I was trying to look everywhere, and um, the only other thing that I was able to find was that at some point she was ordered to have a psych evaluation at one of the prison's medical facility probably a good idea yeah so anyways short and sweet but yeah that's all i got wow (laughs) wow people will never cease to amaze me awful what the i hope she's rotting in prison yeah there was um another i watched a documentary about this dude he was 
I think he was either a doctor or like an actual recovery technician that worked in tissue donation. And he was sending, he would like take tissue and send it to people that we work with. Like there were people that we work with involved in this case. He was sending them to them and they would pay him for it, but they didn't realize that they were sending it to just an individual guy. Like I think he was posing as like a tissue recovery company. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if it was Jeremy. Uh, uh, Cause this was like a long time ago and this guy's already dead. Oh okay. yeah. This was like in the eighties or nineties, I think. Ew, God, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So I don't remember all the details about that, but that was, just, that, this made me think of it obviously. And obviously when I saw that, I was like, Oh my God, these are like people that we work with that are involved in this. This is so crazy. Oh, and then he, they, it was a document, like, was it a docu-series? I think it was a documentary that they interviewed some of the people that were family members of the people that had, and they had records on those, so they knew who these people were. Yeah. And these people were like, uh, just floored that this guy would go and do that. It was awful. Without their permission, obviously. And then something happened with, like, somebody came back HIV positive, and they had implanted something in somebody or... There was something else that happened. I think that may have been what, like, set the whole investigation off or something. So he, like, bought this... Like- he sent tissue from somebody that he had said he had tested and wasn't tested and ended up having some communicable disease, and then it was implanted into somebody. They don't test it again? They don't test it again. Oh, I hope they do you now. You can't test it again. Oh, because it's just tissue. You can't take blood from yeah. a tissue. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to have blood. You have to have blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. man. That's very interesting and disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, and I knew, like, I'd seen this guy before. That's crazy. I know. I thought that was weird, too. I was like, wait, it's this dude. Yeah, I'd, he came I've across seen this phone. picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the mugshot. Yeah. So he's in prison now? Yeah, he was arrested in July last year, I think. Sure, he's spooking all the other inmates. I know. Anyways. All right, well, um, before you get into your story, do you want to go to a break? That sounds great. Okay, we'll be right back. Bring you something else. All right, bye-bye. Bye. And we're back. And we're back. And I have a story for you guys. So I'm excited. I'm excited to tell you about it. It's pretty nuts. I saw an article on this story about a week ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It was around the very beginning of July. And at first, it sounded like it was going to be like a really unbelievable happy ending. Mm -hmm. Like that's the kind of thing you rarely hear about in these kind of stories. But things have since evolved. And a lot more details have come to light. And now I don't really know what to think or believe. But I actually tried to send you a TikTok talking about this story a few days ago, but it was removed. Remember? Oh, yes. I was like, wait, this is gone. Yeah. So this is what that TikTok was about. Okay. Oh, oh, (laughs) yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited because I haven't. I heard the, like, update, but I have no idea what's going on. Okay. I have no clue what's going on. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, on March 6th, 2015, 17-year-old Rudy Farias was out walking his dogs near his Houston, Texas home when he vanished. The dogs ended up making it back home on their own, and both were missing their leashes. One dog made it back later the same day Rudy went missing, and the other the following day. His family reported him missing after the two dogs were found, which prompted an extensive search for the teen. Sometime that same year before his disappearance, authorities reported that Rudy was diagnosed with depression, PTSD, and anxiety. He had been struggling with his mental health after the loss of both his older brother and his father. Oh, that's really sad. Rudy's older brother, Charles, had been killed in a motorcycle accident back in 2011 when he was only 21 years old. Rudy's mother said that she and Rudy were the first on the scene. Oh, my God. Quote, he watched his best friend die right in front of him. Ugh. His brother was his best friend in the world. 
He's just gone through so much more than anyone his age ever should. So I'm assuming that they were riding behind him. Oh, maybe. On, on other motorcycles, because there's like a lot of motorcycle action in this family. Okay. <laughs> okay. In 2014, Rudy's father, Rudolph Farias, a Houston police officer, took his own life after he was investigated for an alleged ticket rigging scheme. Oh, my God. Wow. A probe found that Farias was listed as a witnessing officer for multiple tickets that were written at the same time in different locations. Law enforcement sources said that this scheme was likely done so that officers could get court overtime. Records showed that Farias made $158,000 in overtime over the last three years of his 21-year career with the force. In only overtime. hundred. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yep. Damn. That's, yeah, that's like... A million times more than a police officer makes in a year. <laughs> yeah. And that, this was over the course of three years. Oh, my God. So, in addition to their salary. Wow. The day he was asked to turn in his badge, Farias attended traffic court and then returned to his patrol car. Officers saw patrol lights flashing on the idle car and went over to investigate. They found Farias inside dead. Oh, my God. According to Rudy's Facebook posts... It's pretty evident that he didn't have much of a relationship with his father. Mm. Quoted from his Facebook, Even though I didn't really know him, it still hurts to lose him. Maybe because I will never get that father-son relationship I always wanted and the closure I always needed. I'm sorry, when was his dad found? 2014. 2014. A year before he went missing. Okay, okay, gotcha. he was probably like 16. 16, okay. Rudy credits his older brother as being his father figure, and there are numerous Facebook posts about how much he misses his brother and can't wait to see him again. I'm so sad. Knowing that Rudy could possibly be disoriented without his medication, Texas Equisearch began asking the public for help finding him. Rudy also suffered from asthma, but he always carried his inhaler with him. During the search, the inhaler was found in a field close to his house. Authorities temporarily suspended the search on March 10th, 2015, while they worked to gather more information. The search continued two days later on March 12th and came to a close the next day. The police didn't suspect foul play. It was being looked at as more of like a runaway case. But Rudy's... That's what they always do. I know. Like if they're an older teen. Especially if they're like struggling with yes. mental health. If there's or, any inclination, any inclination at all that yeah. they could possibly have depression or whatever. Yeah. That they just like ran off to like do drugs yep. or be with a girlfriend or, yep. you know, but Rudy's mother insisted that he would not leave on his own. She posted screenshots of a note Rudy wrote to her in which he promises never to leave her unless quote, God calls him home. Oh, Wow morbid <laughs> yeah which sounds kind of like maybe he did go off and kill himself or something right which i'm not sure if that's what she was thinking and in this thing here so we've got a missing person poster up here um it says that he has attempted suicide in the past oh wow i didn't even read that that's really and he's sad. very wary around strangers <sighs> yeah it was said that he was a very like shy timid mm-hmm. young guy who just i don't know he just He never caused any trouble, never got into trouble. Yeah. As the years went on, Rudy's mother hired a private investigator and shared her thoughts and updates on his disappearance via Facebook. Here are a few of the theories she would post about. One, she thought maybe some bikers have Rudy and he doesn't want to be found. Another was he was so overwhelmed with so much loss in his life that he just needed to get away. He was being hidden in someone's backyard he got caught up in drugs and the wrong people, or he joined a gang, he was kidnapped, or he was taken out of the country. These were all, like, theories that she would find. Oh, my God. Two years after Rudy's disappearance, his mother, Janie Santana, speaks to the media. She told them she was worried for her own safety and said she thought there was something suspicious about her son's disappearance. A year after that, in 2018... The family called police claiming there was a sighting of Rudy in the community, and he was apparently living behind a relative's home. The police checked this out and did not find any evidence of this, and Rudy was not found. Then, nearly five years later, 
on Thursday, June 29, 2023, Rudy Furious was found. Some good Samaritans made a call just after midnight and told authorities that someone was sleeping outside of a church located on 76th and Avenue K in Magnolia Park. The Houston Police Department said they learned it was Rudy Farias when they discovered an item on him with a family member's identification, so the family was contacted. This is so bizarre. I know. And when I heard this news... I was just like, you don't hear that every day. Uh-uh, because like, usually they're found dead. Like, just, yeah. Or just not found. <laughs> or not found at all, ever. Yeah. The Houston Fire Department also responded to that initial call. They reported that police and Faria's mother were at the scene when they arrived. Officials said Faria's declined to be taken to the hospital and was instead signed into the care of his mother. Now, I've heard conflicting stories about how he was found because some sources say that he was found sleeping on the steps of mm-hmm. the church. And That's then what I heard. Others said he was found unresponsive. Oh, wow. What? So, I don't know. But nonetheless, Rudy's mother, Janie Santana, ended up taking him to a hospital after she picked him up. Yeah. She told media outlets that they'd been trying to talk to Rudy, but he would only say a few words and then go into a fetal position. Oh, my God. She said it would be a long healing journey, but is thankful her son was found alive. She also shared pictures of Rudy in a hospital bed, saying he was found with blood in his hair and cuts and bruises all over his body. She shared the following statement through EquiSearch. We want to thank the media and public for all their support. My son Rudy Farias IV was found on Thursday, June 29th, after being missing for eight years. Currently, we do not have any additional information on Rudy's case. What we do know is at the time of his recovery, a good Samaritan located him unresponsive and immediately called police and 911. My son, Rudy, is receiving the care he needs to overcome his trauma, but at this time, he is nonverbal and not able to communicate with us. We are asking for privacy during this difficult time, but we'll share more details as Rudy continues to heal. So she said he was unresponsive. Yeah. What? I don't know. Rudy's aunt took to Facebook with an update saying, he is not in great shape. He's very thin and frail, has a head injury and other cuts, soft tissue tumors, and injuries to his feet. He apparently did not know his own name, insisting on a different name and an age years younger than he is now. He's not talking much and flinches if you try to touch him. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, I am so confused. I know. I'm just because I've heard now what's going on, but what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. I don't know. And I, I we still don't know. Oh my god. When news spread that Rudy Farias had been found after 8 years of being missing, neighbors came forward shocked and confused. One neighbor by the name of Kisha Ross told reporters that she was shocked to hear Rudy was found because she never knew he was reported missing. What? Civil court records reveal his mother lives on the same street as Kisha in Northeast Houston. All right, I'm going to play a video of interviews with some of the neighbors. More twists and turns are coming in by the minute concerning that 25-year-old man found alive after he went missing eight years ago. And as those new details come in, there are many more questions we have about where he's been all these years. ABC 13's Brooke Taylor has been speaking with neighbors who are stunned to find out the man who they say lives on their street was ever a missing person in the first place. Yeah, these neighbors were just completely shocked because they never even knew that Rudy Farias was missing, let alone for eight years. They tell me that they knew him as Dolph, short for Rudolph. They told me they see him often, they text with him, they even hang out with him. Like, I'm confused right now. I'm like, what's going on? These neighbors are shocked after seeing reports that missing 25-year-old Rudy Farias was found after missing for eight long years. Court records reveal his mother lives a few houses down from them, and they tell us her son lives there and they hang out with him often. He used to come in my garage. Come on, boy. And chill with my, chill with my cousin, my son, my daughter. She's at work right now, but that yeah, boy ain't been missing since he was no. Both say they've spoken to him in the last five months and even text. Other neighbors say they've seen him living there for years. We were chilling, laughing, good time. Some days he goes to the park and sit in the park around the corner. 
myself. Houston police say they got a call on Thursday about a man sleeping outside a church in Magnolia Park. He had something on him with a family member's identification, police say, and that's how they were able to contact his mom. Then Texas for the Missing tweeted out over the weekend that man was Rudy Farias, who had been missing since 2015 when he didn't return back from a walk with his dogs. His mother shared pictures with ABC 13 of her son at the hospital, telling us he was found with cuts and bruises and even cried to me over the phone, saying she believed her son had been kidnapped and hasn't seen him in years. His mother told officials at the time of his disappearance that he suffered from depression and PTSD since his brother died in a motorcycle accident in 2011, something these neighbors say he spoke about. He said he had a, lost a brother in a motorcycle accident. I know when you're thinking about his brother, he wouldn't come, he really wouldn't come hang out. He'd go sit back down in the back the woods by himself. And now they're trying to wrap their heads around why he or his mom would ever say he's been missing for the past eight years. And I just got off the phone with his mother just a few minutes ago, and I asked the mother about who the neighbors have been seeing, and she was insistent with me that the person they were seeing was her nephew. So she showed me a picture of her nephew. I showed that picture to the neighbors you just heard from, and they said, absolutely not. That is not the person they know as Dolph. So, so many questions here. I have reached out to Houston police to ask them about this because it's a holiday they're not in right now, but we do know that they are set to speak to him tomorrow. Of course, we are going to stay on top of this one. We're live in Northeast Houston. I'm Brooke Taylor, ABC 13 Eyewitness News. My God, what the fuck? Dude. Can I first just say, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I oh. started at the podcast. We started it over because I was saying Farius. It seems to make more sense that it's Farius, but then they said Farius. But we all know the news reporters get it wrong too. Well, they said it two different ways, also. Okay, well, I'm gonna keep going with Farius. Yeah, Farius. Farius. That was. That's how you would say it with. In Spanish, right? I don't yeah. know. All right. Well, what did you think about that? <laughs> okay, that was crazy. Mom has got something going on. Can you even imagine seeing on the news, Rudy Farias is found after being missing eight years, and you're like, I know that guy. I, I see saw him. him last week yeah. in the park. He comes by over and we hang out. Yeah. What the fuck happened to this kid? I have no idea. Because... If he okay, if he, he had been missing for all this time and came back with injuries and stuff, okay, that's believable. But if he was at home chilling the whole time, why is he fucked up? Yeah, what's going on, dude? It's so bizarre. Whoa. <laughs> uh, so, so other neighbors came forward. Some didn't want to go on camera. They wanted to stay anonymous, fearing for their safety. But they they would say that they have seen him living at his mother's home for years. Oh my God. The neighbor says, quote, I was just shocked someone over here was missing, and we see him. It's shocking to everyone. The neighbors all know him as Dolph, short for his given name, Rudolph. Mm -hmm. They said he goes to their home often, but they haven't seen him in the last few weeks. And so that means he's got to have essentially not had any, like, internet footprint either, right? For that, what, eight years? Yep. Oh my God. Dude, what is going on? This is so weird. This is so weird. Well, my next sentence. Things get weirder. Oh, God. <laughs> as if they weren't weird enough. On July 5th, investigators with the Houston Police Department met with Rudy and his mother at a hotel in Humble, Texas. Oh. Rudy's mother called community activist Quanell X to attend the police interview. This name, Quanell X, is currently all over the news, and he is only referred to as the activist, Quanell X. Is he trying to be a new Malcolm X? Yes. <laughs> I had no idea who, what that was supposed to mean at all, the activist, Quanell X, so, or, or what relevance he had to Rudy's case. So yeah. I looked him up, and turns out he was born Quanell Ralph Evans, and he has his own Wikipedia page. Oh. He's known as an activist and as the former leader of the new Black Panther Nation in Houston, oh, Texas. I see. The new Black Panther Nation ended up cutting ties with Connell in 2018 amid ongoing allegations that he had not delivered services to families he was paid to represent. Hmm. And here is how he kind of fits into the picture. 
Quinnell has been an advocate for victims of police brutality, murder, wrongful termination, and other issues. He assists individuals and families in securing media attention for their cases and negotiates with law enforcement. He routinely garners a strong response when he calls news conferences and has been a regular contributor to a lively opinion showdown segment on Fox 26. So it's assumed that Quinnell still gets involved as an advocate for families involved in cases such as Rudy's. Mm, Okay. Kind of off topic, but Quinnell X is credited with bringing closure to the March 2007 murder investigation of Texas A&M University student Tynesha Stewart. He was the only person who was able to get a confession from Timothy Wayne Shepard. What? The suspect in the murder. Oh my God, that's kind of huge. Yeah. He's involved in a lot of things, but he also criticized the Harris County Sheriff's decision not to search for Stewart's body in Humble, Texas, in an Humble, Texas landfill. Timothy Wayne Shepard made a full confession to Quinnell X, and her body was later discovered to be unrecoverable due to the suspect burning her remains in two barbecue pits. Oh, wow. After the police interview, media reported that Rudy was seen leaving the hotel with a blanket on top of his head. He was accompanied by Quinnell X, and they were seen getting into his vehicle where they had a short conversation before returning to the hotel. While Rudy and his mother refused to speak to the media, Quinnell X had no problem doing so. He's kind of a media whore. Yeah. (laughs) According to Quinnell X, Rudy told him he ran away in 2015, but returned home two days later. Aww. Okay. He allegedly told Quinnell that his mother threatened that he would get in big trouble with the police if he said anything about not being missing. So for the last eight years, Quinnell said Rudy claimed he wasn't allowed to leave the home, and this was corroborated by police. But his neighbor saw him, like, out in the park. I guess meaning, like, he couldn't have his own identity. Like, Like, can't hang out with friends, do... Anything social. Yeah. Well, if he were going to leave the house, he had to go by a different name. He had to go by, he had to like present a different alias because the mom said if if they find out that you're not missing, you're going to be in big trouble. What is her goal here? Why do you want to have a missing child? But that's not all. And I want to preface this by saying that this particular piece of information has not been verified. Quinnell told reporters that Rudy said that while he was held hostage in his own home, that his mother would drug him and sexually abuse him. (gasps) Oh my God. So this lady just might be totally fucked up. Yeah, she is. Oh my God. Quote, she was giving him drugs. She was punishing him by locking him in a room over and over. She convinced him that law enforcement wanted to put him in jail that law enforcement was looking for him because he ran away, and that because he ran away, he was going to go to prison. I have another video I want to show you of Quinnell. Okay. Good evening to you. I'm Caroline Collins. Topping the rundown tonight, we're following the story of a teen reported missing eight years ago, found alive last week, and now the disturbing allegations made against his own mother. Fox 26's Gabby Hart joining us from Humble with the gut-wrenching details. Yeah, everyone called that young man safe return after eight years of being missing a miracle. But then neighbors started asking how he was missing in the first place when they claimed they'd seen him right next door this entire time. When Quanell X shared what that young man told him when they spoke, he had to fight back tears. She told him he had to be her husband. That's a damn shame, man. The mother of Rudy Fadias reported him missing in March of 2015 when he was 18 years old. Last Thursday, he was found bloody and unconscious on the doorstep of a church. And when news broke that Rudy had been found alive eight years later, it was a national story. His mother even released a statement saying, quote, at this time, Rudy is nonverbal and unable to communicate with us. She went on to ask for privacy. But neighbors in their humble neighborhood were left scratching their heads. That boy been 
at that house for the last year and a half that I've been here. I'm the one that reported that I didn't think he was missing because he had been hanging in my garage. That's right. Neighbors claim Rudy Fadias had been at his mother's home this entire time. And once rumors that Rudy was never really missing started circulating, community activist Quanell X, along with HPD, met with Rudy and his mother at a hotel near IAH. When she was in the room, he wouldn't say nothing. He wouldn't say one word. Quanell says once he spoke to Rudy away from his mother, the accusations he made against her were more heinous than anyone could imagine. She would make him sleep in the bed with her. And he said that she made him play daddy. And we asked Quanell why after all these years, Rudy didn't break away sooner. She had convinced him that he was in so much trouble for initially running away. And she gave this boy serious drugs to the point to where this boy needs extensive professional help. Every time I seen him, he was never in his right state of mind. He was always high. Houston police released a statement saying, quote, our detectives are not in a position at this time to discuss the specifics of the interviews or if the content being released is entirely factual. Now, I did reach out to Texas Center for the Missing uh, for a statement. They said they have no comment at this time. Now, so far, no one has been arrested. This mother not facing any charges. Of course, we plan to stay on top of this, and as soon as we learn more, so will you. In Humble, I'm Gabby Hart, Fox 26 News. So, uh, I mean, I guess if he was truly being abused like that, he could, maybe she was withholding food or, like, doing other stuff that maybe he hasn't come forward about yet. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, like, Shelly Notech or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, dude. I mean, she could be the next Shelly Notech. So I That's have... so gross. It's her son, and she's, like, making him do sexual stuff with her. I, I, I kind of have, like, mixed feelings about even sharing that part of the story because... People are saying, like, he hasn't said anything about it. That's, like, basically putting his worst trauma out into the world. So I was kind of hesitant on including that, but... But he told this stuff to Quanell X, right? Allegedly. Allegedly, okay. Yeah. I feel like, since he's such a like, activist and in the media and stuff, I don't know. Maybe I'm just assuming too good of people that he wouldn't say anything without his consent, but I don't know. Yeah, I would, I would hope. But yeah, it's really troubling the things that he was saying. And oh my god, this is nuts, dude! This is so much more nuts than I thought. Yeah, it just kept evolving and evolving. Like the first time I saw the story, I was like, "Oh my god, that's such great news!" I wonder what happened to him. Right. Like that's so weird. Like, did he get kidnapped? Was he being trafficked? Like, what happened? And then it turned out like, no, he had been living with his mom this whole time. Oh, my God. And then this guy comes out and says these things about him being abused by his mom. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude. uh... So Quinnell said, quote, I knew something was wrong with the story when she was questioned. When they found him, he had her credit card in his pocket. She just canceled that credit card two and a half years ago. So if he was missing for eight years, how the hell did he get your credit card in his pocket when they found him? From two and a half years ago. The day after the interview, the police held a press conference. They made no statements of sexual abuse and reported that Rudy was reported safe and with his mother by choice. Additionally, the Houston police said Rudy had previous interactions with them out on the street, but always gave fictitious names and birthdays, intentionally misleading officers. As a result, Rudy Farias remained a missing person. Wow. Lieutenant Zamora said, After investigators talked with him yesterday, it was discovered that Rudy returned home the following day on March 8, 2015, but his mother, Janie Santana, continued to deceive police by remaining adamant that Rudy was still missing. Zamora suggested police were skeptical that Farias was, in fact, missing. Over the years, investigators pursued various leads and tips, and collected evidence proving that Rudy was not missing during the eight-year period. 
As of now, the Harris County District Attorney's Office has declined any charges for making fictitious reports and failure to ID. So they have come out publicly and said they are not going to be pressing any charges for these fictitious reports. I mean, uh, if you get reports like that, do they have to investigate it? Like, I'm wondering if they're just saying that. So she doesn't get spooked? I hope so. Back in 2015, Rudy's mother, Janie, hired a private investigator by the name of Brenda Paradise. (laughs) What a name. (laughs) Brenda devoted hundreds of hours to finding Rudy. She told media sources how shocked she was to learn that Janie Santana would not be facing charges for lying about the disappearance for eight years. Miss Paradise said that early on, she felt many of Miss Santana's claims about her son's disappearance didn't add up, and that his mother probably lied to rake in thousands of dollars in public donations, Mm. which she did. Oh, man. She had received thousands of dollars in donations via a GoFundMe page that was set up by a made-up name. Oh, oh my God. Of course. In fact... Miss Paradise told The Independent that when she first got involved with the case, she became aware that Janie had created a GoFundMe page claiming that her son had been diagnosed with cancer. Wait a minute. (laughs) She said she didn't see any evidence that the diagnosis was genuine and was unsure how much money the fundraiser attracted. After Rudy's case began attracting attention, the cancer fundraiser quietly went away. She said she mentioned the page to the Houston Police Department. After Rudy was reported missing, Janie set up a second fundraiser with the goal of making $75,000 to help find Rudy. She received just over $2,000 before the page was shut down just this past week. Wow. The PI said she wasn't surprised when Rudy turned out to have been with his mother all along. But her jaw dropped when she heard police would not be pressing charges. She said, quote, If somebody had held a little blonde girl hostage all those years, police would have been all over this case. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Rudy's mom, Janie Santana. I'd like to know about her. Court records filed in Harris County show Santana has gone by at least five different last names. Both Janie and Rudy himself gave fictitious names while interacting with various patrol officers, said Lieutenant Chris Zamora with HPD's Missing Persons Unit. Records also show Janie has been married multiple times. At least one of those marriages was voided because an ex claimed she was married to at least two other people at the same time. (gasps) What? (laughs) Oh my God, dude. (laughs) Oh my God, this lady. She seems insane. Mallory, just wait until this next part. Oh, I can't wait, I can't wait. Now, just days ago, it came out that Janie Santana has been running a TikTok account under the <gasps> name Alexis Santana. <gasps> that, that picture is not her. Nope. <laughs> Where she uses her. other people's videos. Oh. Like, she literally steals other people's pictures and videos. But we know it's her because she posted several TikToks about her deceased son, Charles. But oh. she she posted several things about her son Charles, but she never ever posted anything about her missing son Rudy. Also, if you're making a fake account, why would you use your own last name? It's called Alexis Santana. <laughs> yeah. Lexi. Lexi. And her picture is this blonde. It looks like AI. It really does. Or like a look- filter. <laughs> yeah. And it has like the American flag in the background. Yeah, it's really cool. But I was just wondering, would you like to watch some of her TikToks? Yes, I would. (laughs) So here's her profile. And this is the type of profile you come across. Like every now and then there's just some random like TikTok that you see in your feed that's like doesn't make any sense. It's some like, you know, middle aged white woman who doesn't understand what she's doing with the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just super cringy. Here we go. I don't even think this is her. Here. 
should press this. What? Oh my god, this is so dumb. I don't know. This is so random. PDX will be missed? What the fuck is happening to Portland Airport? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that even mean? I have no idea. So pick me. Choose me. Love me. Ugh. Ugh. So I hate me. that. I hate that. Choose me. Wow. So yeah, that was a journey. Um. Obviously, it would be completely useless to put those in the podcast. But all of the TikToks, almost all of the TikToks, were either of somebody else. Well, they are all of somebody else, yeah, except for like, really hot blonde women, like yeah. exercising, like from the back, and then like she has this weird like AI generated filter that makes her look like this certain person, and it's so it's so weird, weird and disturbing. And then she like posted several about this dude, like she would take pictures of this dude who she claimed was like her husband or ex husband or something. Like he like cheated made a, on her. A fake affair. Yeah. And like stole pictures of some guy. And the comments are so funny. <laughs> They're all like, we know it's you, bitch. <laughs> but then like scattered in between were these like really like sad TikToks of her son Charles and how much she misses him. He had yeah. passed away in that motorcycle accident. So like. Ugh, the hell, man. So bizarre. So here's where we're at right now. Okay. Rumor has it that. Following the disgusting abuse claims, Janie is now on the run. Oh, what? A neighbor reportedly I heard that. A neighbor reportedly called 911 on Thursday night to report seeing Janie Santana leaving her home in Houston just after midnight. The news came hours after police confirmed that Janie had lied about her son being missing for eight years. Oh my so I guess God. technically it was last Thursday. Apparently, Janie had assumed that she would be placed under arrest, although, as I said before, authorities announced they would not be pressing charges for falsifying information. However, maybe she took off knowing that the evidence of the abuse would soon come out. Yeah. And that's just pure speculation. Yeah. I think she's got to be scared at this point. Her current whereabouts are unknown. And Rudy is now reunited with his aunt, who is Janie's half-sister. And he's been speaking to various independent outlets. Like, there's a journalist called Grizz. I don't know if you've ever ever heard of her. Mm -mm. I don't really know how legit she is, but apparently, like, she's kind of popular. But anyway, I just wanted to share these last three screenshots from um, her Facebook. She has that same Alexis Santana? Mm Mm-hmm. Apparently, she has, like, a whole bunch of Facebook groups, and oh. she likes to talk and run on sentences, and, oh God. you know, she's just, like, that kind of person. But she's talking about, she's, like, posting in one of her groups that, basically, she just tells her whole life story about how, like, terrible her life is. And I didn't know this, but apparently... One of her ex-husbands, or one of her husbands, her first husband, I think, was killed in a car accident. And then... Oh, shit. Like, her brother died, her son died, two ex-boyfriends oh my God. died, um, an ex-wife of a man she was catfishing died. Like, all these people died, and a lot of people died in her family of motorcycle accidents. Um, wow. And it's just weird. That's really weird it's just so weird she's like the epitome of a catfisher um yeah i don't know what she's done to her child but right i really hope that oh, God. he can you know it's depressing know. but he's gonna be fucked up I feel oh like. yeah I mean, I mean i think well he's come out and said he doesn't want to be anywhere near his mom oh so he is now with his aunt i, I believe but I'm sure there's going to be more coming out soon. Yeah. That's well, all I've got. Wow. What an insane chain of events, dude. I know. I can't wait to find out more about this. I hope we do find out more. I know. I hope, I hope we do, too. And I hope, you know, she's held accountable. Because, like, even if 
she didn't abuse him. She should be held accountable for lying about him being missing. Yes. Wasting all those tax dollars. I and think like, so, too. Also, like, he didn't he didn't have a life. He didn't go to school. None he didn't of, oh my God. have a phone. He didn't yeah. have anything. Yeah. What a oh man. Yeah. I have several sources. There are a few articles from cbsnews.com, abc13.com, Quinell X. I read his Wikipedia page. ABC 13, there was, yeah, a lot of information on this. And there's still more I haven't even looked at. There's a whole subreddit dedicated to this. There's whole Facebook I was going to ask if I'm about to join yeah. that shit. <laughs> I mean, but it's kind of nuts right now, you know, like how yeah. things get with true crime when people just speculate out the ass. They find any little thing, and they, they think anything they find or hear is fact. Yeah, yeah. So it's very much like that. So I, I really only, I was very selective in what I chose to yeah, present yeah. to you guys, but yeah, wow, that was good. Yeah, I did not know all those details. Well, next weekend is Miss Mallory's birthday. Yes, yes. Do you have any plans? Um, actually, going up to Abby's house. Oh, how fun! Yeah, I took the Monday after off, so I'll be up there Saturday through Monday. That'll be nice. So if you guys are enjoying the podcast, tell a friend, leave a review. I We have had a review drought. We have. That's weird, right? Yeah, it's very weird. I'm kind of thinking, like, are, can people not leave reviews for us anymore? Because we have not gotten one in so freaking long. It's weird. I don't know. Anyway, if you like us, leave us a nice <laughs> review. You can join our Facebook group. You can... Join our Instagram page. You can just, yeah. Yeah. Should we start a Threads account for Grab a Whole Happy Hour? A Threads? Threads. What's that? It's the new Twitter. Have you heard? Uh -uh. It's made by Meta, Facebook. Oh, God. (laughs) No. I mean, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) A lot of people seem to be joining it, but it's not, like, obviously as big as Twitter. Interesting. But it was, I think, a response to Elon, Elon yeah. sinking Twitter to the ground. Yeah. So, anyway. Well. Fucking Elon. Thank you for listening, Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll show you later. And uh, have a great my birthday. Have a great Mallory's birthday. <laughs> it's July 15th if everyone wants to wish her happy and I'll birthday. And I'll be 63. Early onset stages of dementia. <laughs> That's not funny. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Hey guys, Ashley here. I was just editing the podcast when I got some news that Rudy did an interview with Fox 26 Houston and I just wanted to read a little bit of this interview. I listened to the interview and I don't think it's really appropriate to share. I mean, he he's very upset during the entire thing, but I'll just go over some highlights. So, Furious spoke out about what he dealt with during the time he was said to be missing and basically He was just held there against his will, not physically, but mentally brainwashed to stay with his mother. He said he didn't really have the skills to go out on his own. He didn't have a car. He didn't have a license. And his mother would say things to scare him into staying. When family or friends would come over, he had to hide. Furious says the only person he could trust was his mom because she told him so many things he wasn't able to verify. Just basically brainwashing him and keeping him afraid or making him think he was going to get in trouble with the police. He said, quote, I was stuck at home. Somebody would come up. My mom would just tell me to stay in the room. Keep the door locked. Don't let them in and don't make any sounds. So according to Rudy, family members would visit the home while he was missing, and he said, quote, I would just have to listen to my family be happy and cheerful on the other side of the door. I wanted to scream for them, but at the same time, I couldn't. The only person I could trust was my mom. And then he spoke to the claims of sexual abuse, and he denied them, 
saying, quote, she didn't force herself on me or anything like that. It would never be anything like that. Just stuff that made me really uncomfortable. So um, he was then asked about the statements that Quinnell X had said. And he had said there was nothing like intercourse or anything like that. And then they asked, well, he, he didn't really say anything like that. He said she would make you play the role as the husband. And he did verify that that was true, but not in a sexual way necessarily, but more of like a crossing boundaries way, not the typical mother-son relationship. Um, and he said he thinks that may have happened due to his brother passing away that his brother was the glue that held their family together and when Rudy fell apart because of the death like it just it's really really sad and I'm really glad that he's he was able to get himself out of that situation he says quote it feels like I'm just at peace now just feels happy you know so I'd say overall good news so we'll just keep paying attention and seeing if anything else comes out. All right, guys. Bye.